0: I think our brains are wired to just worry about things that haven't happened yet. That sort of stops us from enjoying the moment, worry less, things will work out, just work hard.
1: I'm Sean Perrin, and you're listening to episode 81 of the Clarinet Podcast, the show where I discuss all that's new and neat with clarinet with the neatest people in the industry. Today on the show, it's the first in a several-part series where I'll be featuring short lightning round conversations with clarinet listeners from all around the world. I just know that a lot of the people out there listening to the show have a lot of great things to say. A lot of them are very skilled clarinet players and teachers in their own right, and some of them are students just starting their career. But I wanted to hear from all these different people, all these different diverse backgrounds, and hear what their answers are to the lightning round questions. I got this concept idea a few episodes ago when I aired the compilation Uh, I think it was Charles Nydick, Ricardo Morales, a couple other people were in there with their extended lightning round versions that had previously been only for Patreon backers. I just thought to myself how great it would be to have a couple more episodes like that with short features from from different people. So if you're wondering how these people were selected uh, all they did was join the Clarinet Facebook community and I put up a call for people to register for time slots for short interviews to appear on the show um, if you want to be around for the next time something like this happens feel free to join you can search on facebook for clarinet community and request access through there it's completely free and i just sort of post questions and invites to things like this as they come up if you have any feedback about how this went or if you'd like to see more like this or less like this send along all feedback even just to say hi to feedback at Detailed show notes for today's episode can be found at clarineat.com slash 81, that's the number 81, and we'll get started right after this short message from our sponsor, D'Addario Woodwinds. Thank you so much for listening. Sanding, shaping, balancing. For centuries, mastering your instrument meant mastering these crafts too. But now, D'Addario is refining craftsmanship for the 21st century by refining their reeds and mouthpieces with the world's most innovative techniques, so you can spend less time sanding, shaping, and balancing, and more time perfecting your own craft. To learn more about the new era of craftsmanship from Didario Woodwinds, visit didariocom slash woodwinds. So I'm here today with Amy Ma, who is another clarinetist and podcast listener I've had the chance to meet in real life. Thanks for coming on the show, Amy.
0: Thanks, and I'm really happy to be here.
1: So where are you in the world, and how did you find out about the clarinet podcast?
0: I am in Southern California in L.A., and I actually heard about the podcast through you. I met you at the Clarinet Fest in 2016 in Lawrence, Kansas City.
1: That's right, with Eric Salazar, the Improv Session.
0: That was a lot of fun. Oh man! <laughs>
1: Absolutely. For anyone interested, you can still watch that on YouTube. I think you can't remember if he put it online or if I put it online, but someone put it online and it's it's up there now forever. So. I know. Oh man. Tell me a bit more about yourself. What do you do clarinet wise?
0: I teach private lessons. I am also a music teacher in, in the public schools. I teach from kindergarten through eighth grade. I teach general music. I teach strings and woodwinds for, from grades three to five. And then I teach band and orchestra for grades six through eight. So I teach elementary and middle school music.
1: That's great. So something must have founded your passion for music. So what piece of music or album changed your life irreversibly?
0: Well, I would say it was Eddie Daniels' breakthrough album, coupled with uh, his Vivaldi's Five Seasons. I listened to those albums at the same time, so it feels like it's one album, but it's really two. <laughs> you
1: know, I skipped a question here, which I've never done before. If I were to walk over to the Music Stand right now, what would I find on it?
0: Um, you would find James Moody's solo of "There Will Never Be Another You." It's his tenor sax solo, so that's what you would find.
1: Okay, cool. And you're playing that on tenor sax, or you yes. transcribed it for clarinet, or? oh, okay, cool.
0: Well. I I do it I I do both, but I'm trying to also work on my sax skills, so also in tenor sax.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um, if you could play any instrument other than the clarinet, what would it be and why?
0: You know, I don't know if I would say another instrument, but I would say I would love to learn how to sing. I don't know if I would want to necessarily learn another instrument, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, it's funny that was um, that was my answer when I did the lightning round a couple of days ago. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's such a, clarinet's such a vocal instrument, so it's almost a good compromise, but... um, Right. But uh, yeah, there's something about that connection, which I I think I would also Mm -hmm. enjoy. If you could go back in time and meet any musician, who would it be and why?
0: I would meet Joe Allard, and Joe Allard, Mm. he is a saxophone and clarinetist, and he was regarded highly back in the day, and he taught many of the greatest uh, musicians today, and I thought what was interesting was he taught at a time where I think saxophone wasn't quite considered at the same level as clarinet, mm-hmm. or there were very few people studying it very seriously at maybe conservatory, but Joe Allard, he actually taught clarinet and saxophone at Juilliard, which, you know, was, I found very interesting because to be able to teach those two instruments at such a high level at that time, it was, you know, not common. So I would love to actually meet him and see what he's like and ask him a bunch of questions.
1: <laughs> I think Ed Joffe actually studied with him. And oh, uh, wow. yeah, if we, I think Ed Joffy was featured on episodes 17, 18 and 19 of the podcast. Cause once, once we got going, we just had a huge conversation and it had to break into three episodes. So that's a great person. Yeah. Good choice.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: While we're back in time, what advice would you give to your younger self?
0: I would tell myself worry less because things will work out. I think our brains are wired to just worry about things that haven't happened yet and that sort of stops us from enjoying the moment yes. and it's easier said than done but i would tell my 21 year old self worry less things will work out just work hard
1: <laughs> yeah no i agree with you and i think biologically it does make sense that we worry so mm-hmm. much because you know think about what life was like 15 20 thousand years ago you know oh
0: yeah right our brains are not meant to um be happy so to speak yeah
1: and sort of meant to survive yeah (laughs) my biggest stress this morning you know just coming down to the computer here and and doing these interviews and making (laughs) making sure i have a cup of coffee like i didn't have to fend off a lion on the way and
0: (laughs) right right that's actually our brains are different than um our brains are different than what we have to do now like we worry more
1: yeah i bet our brains are evolved i'll have to have a neuroscientist on at some point i actually know oh (laughs) why
0: don't you do that yeah that'd be great for everybody that'd be
1: be really interesting (laughs) Yeah, the way the mind has evolved musically, too. Like, I wonder if our brains now mm-hmm. have more capacity for music than back in the day when, you know, all there was was maybe a stick on a rock. You know, it's might be evolving or something.
0: I don't know. I think the years today and the years, maybe 50 years ago, it was already
1: different. Interesting topic. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of advice, what was the best advice that you ever received and who gave it to you?
0: It's actually very simple. Work hard and be nice to others. I like that. Yeah.
1: That is very simple. And it kind of, mm-hmm. everything sort of fits into that as well. Yeah. Right. yeah. What is one book that everyone should read?
0: I like Marcel Tabito's How Do You Expect to Play the Oboe If You Can't Peel a Mushroom. Oh. I think it's a great book. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of it.
1: I've never heard of it. It's actually about like, Healing mushrooms.
0: <laughs> it's, it's actually not. It's actually about an oboe player about his um, contribution to the American style of woodwind playing. There is he actually has a made a methodology on um, phrasing and expression. He has a sort of like a number system of um, how you can approach phrasing. So I think from from what I know, this is like the first real methodology of how to teach to be expressive as opposed to just naturally being expressive.
1: Yeah, many people, you either have it or you don't. Many people think you either have it or you don't.
0: Yeah, and so his name is Marcel Tabito, That's the oboe player. He actually is in the same... He hmm. lived around the same time as Daniel Benad. And there's a lot... If you read the book, there's a lot of parallels between all the woodwind players of the time. So that book is by an author named Leila Storch, who studied with Marcel Tabito. And I think another great book to read after that is called Sound in Motion by David McGill, which gives you more of the numbering system in the book. Hmm. Yeah. That's cool.
1: How many clarinets do you own?
0: Well, I have an R13 clarinet, B-flat, and then I have an A clarinet, a green line R13 clarinet, and then I just acquired a metal clarinet from an estate sale.
1: Oh, that's very cool. I've always wanted one of those, actually, just, just to yeah, test out. Yeah, it's actually,
0: the hard thing about metal clarinets is that they usually are not in good condition, but this one is in really good condition. actually plays, <laughs> so I was really lucky.
1: <laughs> yeah, many of those have become lamps. I would say the hardest thing about metal clarinets is uh, the metal. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Well, thanks so much for coming on for this little mini lightning round episode, and I definitely hope to have the chance to run into you again. And uh, any last words before we go for the audience? No,
0: I'm happy to talk to you. And I hope people can get something out of this. So thank you.
1: Thank you so much, Amy, for sharing your thoughts with us. And I really am excited to check out those books that you were mentioning. Um, this Actually, this experience gave me an idea. I'd like to start a clarinet book club. So keep your eye peeled for that in the next upcoming few episodes. I'm going to be announcing some details about that and maybe selecting the first book. And what I might do is either interview the author of the book, if they're still alive, or if I can get in touch with them after we all read it, or I'll chat with uh, someone else, maybe a co-host about how that uh, book maybe worked out. And I'd love to invite some listener feedback in that regard as well. So if you're like me, I imagine your reading lists are getting really, really long from listening to the podcast or in my case, talking to guests on the podcast. I just find that everyone has such a great book to recommend and I never know where to start. Just one more quick note about this. If you ever do hear a book you'd like to read mentioned on the podcast, usually I link to it in the show notes and this helps support the production of the podcast if you click on that link. You can do this either by joining Audible and getting a free trial or you can actually directly click on the book and purchase it from amazon but for now let's move on to the next featured listener so i'm here today on the podcast with katina franklin sweetie who is yet another clarinetist i've had the chance to meet in person and listener of the podcast welcome to the show hi thank you for having me so first off where in the world are you now and how did you discover the clarinet podcast
2: So I'm in Woodbridge, Virginia now, outside of Washington, D.C., and I believe I discovered the clarinet podcast on the International Clarinet Discussion Group on Facebook.
1: Ah, very cool. So tell me a little more about yourself. What do you do there in D.C. with the clarinet?
2: So I run a busy clarinet studio. I have about 25 students at this point. I also run the George Mason University Clarinet Academy in the summer. And I have a YouTube channel that started out just for my students, but it's looking like it's reaching kids from all over the world. So that's a lot of fun, too. It's called The Clarinet Project.
1: You know, we uh, I've been meaning to have you on the podcast for quite some time about that clarinet project and your teaching. So we should find time here in the new year to do that right away.
2: Absolutely. I totally agree. Thank
1: you. (laughs) If I were to walk over to your music stand right now, what would I find on it?
2: Uh, you would find a clarinet quartet version of Jingle Bells, a jazzy arrangement.
1: I can't, oh, wow. <laughs>
2: yeah, I can't, uh, I can't see it from here. I also have Mele Kalika Maka for clarinet choir on my stand now. Those are my next two clarinet channel projects for YouTube.
1: Excellent. What piece of music or album changed your life irreversibly?
2: That's an easy one. I was at my aunt's house. She's an artist. So imagine the setting of walking into a room filled with plants and oil paintings on canvases. And she was listening to Eddie Daniels' Breakthrough. And it was sulfageto And it blew my mind. I was 16 years old. I just heard band music up until that point. I never heard anything like it. And I was hooked.
1: Have you met Eddie Daniels? You met him this summer. At, at yeah. The, yeah. I've,
2: yeah. I've met him a couple times. I've seen him at master classes through the years and talked to him.
1: That's wonderful. Of course, Eddie Daniels is a huge inspiration for many clarinetists, so it's a good choice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, If you could play any instrument other than the clarinet, which would it be and why?
2: That's a great question. I got a guitar about... 14 years ago, when I was pregnant with my daughter, because I envisioned myself sitting around the campfire playing folk music and maybe some bluegrass and things like that. And it's still sitting in my studio. It's <laughs> 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 Once I had my daughter, I realized that I was not going to be sitting around uh, picking a guitar when I had to take care of a baby. So <laughs> it's been 13 years sitting in my studio.
1: <laughs> Got to choose one or the other. The, <laughs> the guitar's not going to cry if you don't play it. <laughs>
2: Very
1: true. <laughs> Although it might sound like it's crying if you start playing it. <laughs>
2: or she cried because I played the guitar, either way.
1: Yeah, yeah, which which, which was first, <laughs> right? <laughs> if you could go back in time and meet any musician, who would it be and why? Oh,
2: clearly for me, I've thought about this before. It's Mozart. I definitely want to go to a party with Mozart. Maybe I don't. I don't know. It would be fun, though.
1: <laughs> I find many clarinetists say Mozart, Brahms, or like Mielfeld, or, uh, you know, someone else. Although, Harry Sparnei. His was one of the most interesting. And of course, he recently passed away, unfortunately. But um, remember, he said he wanted to go convince Debussy to write for the bass clarinet.
2: Oh, that would have been amazing. Yeah,
1: it would have really changed history in that way. So yeah, it's interesting. I always love hearing the answer for that one.
2: No, I just wanted to go to a party with Mozart. I didn't even think. <laughs> yeah, his letters are not for the faint of heart. They are fantastic and terrible. And <laughs> at the same time.
1: Almost like modern rock stars in a way. While we're back in time, what advice would you give your younger self?
2: I think I would give myself the advice to treat myself with the kindness that I treat my own clarinet students. So when I was a young student, I really brutalized myself and I was very hard on myself. And instead of being a problem solver, I sort of took the tactic of being a spirit crusher, which wasn't the greatest method. And Going back, I would say, listen, how are you going to fix this? Instead of saying, wow, you keep doing it wrong. So that's the biggest advice I would have. I learned a lot by being a teacher. I never would treat my students the way I had that self-talk for myself.
1: Yeah, it's funny you say that because when I was younger too, I was horrible at music theory. And I always always felt bad about this around other musicians. And it wasn't until I was quite a bit older and I was expected to teach this that I really, really genuinely figured it out. And I was like, oh, it's just because I was never taught. I didn't have that kind of lessons. I didn't play the piano. It it, it makes so much more sense now. And, and you're right, the whole process of teaching and learning to be empathetic that way is so helpful.
2: Yeah, music theory was my big challenge too. I didn't have a music background like what you said with piano. So that was a really hard class.
1: Those were really hard classes for me. I'm curious for you because I didn't start with piano. I started with clarinet. When I visualize like chords and scales and things, I usually feel it on my fingers. I don't see a keyboard in my head.
2: No, I don't visualize the music either. I don't see a keyboard and I don't see it on the paper either. I feel it. It's very kinesthetic.
1: Yeah, like if I need a scale, I just like, oh, how many semitones is that? I can count them off in my clarinet hand, which is ridiculous, but that's what I do. <laughs>
2: No, and it's fun finding students in the different ways that they learn scales and arpeggios and different patterns, because there are some kids that do what you said, what we both do, which is they feel it under their fingers. And I love that about the clarinet. I feel like it feels really nice on the fingers, it makes me happy. And then there's other people that really do visualize it on the page or as a piano.: Well,
1: you know, I guess it makes sense, because the way I learned my scales, to be completely honest with you, was uh, in math class on my pencil like this. <laughs> when I was born in math class, I just sat there and would practice. My scales.
2: Your pistol clarinet.
1: Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Speaking of advice, what was the best advice you ever got and who gave it to you?
2: Oh, man, it was from David Krakauer. It was in one of my first lessons. And he told me the story of when he played with Kronos in Dreams and Prayers, the CD that he did with them. And he said, basically, don't be a jerk. Be a good person. Be a nice person. Work well with people. Be yourself. It was great advice to go into a gig and just be a kind person and say thank you and be grateful to be there.
1: You remind me of some other advice someone shared. I can't remember who this was, but they said that you need to always, you never know who people might become. So you just be nice to everybody because they could be your boss one day or they could be the president or they could be anybody, you know, like way things go. What is one book you think everyone should read?
2: Oh, I think Liz Lerman's Critical Response Method is a great book. So she runs the Dance Exchange outside of Washington, D.C. I think she's in Bethesda, Maryland. This book talks about how to give and receive criticism. She gives a lot of analogies in it like you're baking a cake. So instead of saying, wow, your cake is disgusting, you can say, so tell me your idea with all the salt. What are you going for? So a lot of it is her. It started from her frustration as a dancer when she'd ask for feedback on what she was working on, people wouldn't give feedback that was really constructive. They didn't want to hurt her feelings, they didn't know how to say it, or they would just go for it and say that's terrible, which is also not constructive either. So it came from that side as an artist wanting feedback from people, and then as a teacher wanting to be able to give healthy feedback and start discussions with students to hear their ideas and get them to to build a foundation of thinking for themselves and creating their own
1: art. Yeah. And we had some great conversations about education out at Clarnet Fest. So we do need to get back on that and uh, have you on the podcast real soon here. How many clarinets do you own?
2: Oh man. Uh, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, <laughs> six. Six off the top of my That's head. That's too many. No. <laughs> I only have six, but they're all different sizes. Fair
1: enough. Fair enough. Well, thank you so much for coming on for the mini lightning round episode today. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. And I do hope that, uh, wow, the listeners are going to be getting a real long reading list. I just realized it's some great books being added there, but I think everyone should check those out. So any last words before we go?
2: No, thank you so much for having me. Happy holidays for coming on the show.
1: Thank you so much, Katina, for coming on the podcast. I'm really looking forward to hosting you for a full-length episode really soon in the future here. And uh, wow, what another fantastic book recommendation. I, I think that that's just so important. Especially in this day and age of social media, where really anyone with a keyboard can put in their two cents, and they're not always the kindest two cents, or, or maybe it's you know too positive. For myself, I sort of work with the philosophy where I, I sort of trim the fat, and what I mean by that is I take the top ten percent of praise and the, and the lowest ten percent of criticism, and I sort of just disregard that. Um, I can't remember where I learned that technique, but it's it's really really important because you know the top ten percent of people who give you the most praise, maybe your mother or your girlfriend or whatever sometimes, although they mean well, it's not always honest. So they might say that, you know, well, that picture looks great, kind of like you talk to a young child. That picture looks great, honey, Let's put it on the fridge here, you know, but maybe it's actually quite a bad drawing, you know. So you've got to sort of take that with a grain of salt, smile, don't be rude about it, but, you know, smile and kind of move on. Um, but look more for criticism that's It's more productive and going to help you get better, right? Same thing with the bottom 10%. I mean, if you take the advice that someone wrote to you on Facebook in a, you know, midnight tirade, three beers in, it's probably not going to be the best advice, and you're probably not going to be any better of a person for for having taken it. So I think that in this day and age especially, it's so important to really focus on good advice, good feedback, good criticism. And yeah, that's definitely a book I think would be really great to feature on the uh clarinet Book Club. So, like I said, in the middle of the episode here, watch out for that. In the next couple of weeks, I'll be announcing it, and um, I'm really excited about that prospect. Some of my other favorite podcasts do a book club, and there's so many great books that have appeared on here. I just think it's an awesome idea. So. If this was your first time tuning into the Clarinet podcast, I want to welcome you here and I sure hope that you enjoyed it. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher or wherever else you happen to be listening. You can also keep in touch by following us on social media and joining our email mailing list. I send out updates about new content and sometimes even coupon codes for discounts on apparel and more on the website. If you'd like to get in touch directly and pass along any thoughts, guest requests or even just to say hello, I'd really love to hear from you. Send me a message at feedback at com. The podcast is produced by a wonderful team of volunteers now I've put together over the past few weeks and that's one of the reasons that episodes have become a bit more sparse. We're trying to sort of figure out how to get a flow going and you know I've started a new job and actually I'm expecting my first child in June so it's really really gotten crazy here Um, but that being said I, I really do want to keep the podcast going. I've got a whole bunch of great new guests lined up and I'm excited to get content back out on a weekly basis here hopefully starting today. For today's episode I'd like to thank our copy editor Megan Taylor. Audio editor Brian Shaples, social media assistant Tony Park, and research assistant Brett Newton. The music that starts and ends the podcast is by Michael Stern. You can check him out at earspasm.com. And I'm your host, Sean Perrin, coming to you from the freezing cold Calgary, Alberta. And yes, I know it's April 2nd, but it's actually still snowing outside, or at least it was until about five hours ago. So yeah, it's really been an ice cube here. We're having a super cold spring, and I hope that next time I speak with you here on the podcast, it'll be a lot warmer outside. We'll see you again soon for more of what's new and neat on the Clareneat podcast. The Clareneat podcast is brought to you in part by the support of its listeners. If you'd like to learn how you can help make the show possible, please visit clareneat.com support. Of course, the show was also brought to you today by our season sponsor, D'Addario Woodwinds. Thank you so much for listening. Sanding, shaping, balancing. For centuries, mastering your instrument meant mastering these crafts too. But now, D'Addario is refining craftsmanship for the 21st century by refining their reeds and mouthpieces with the world's most innovative techniques, so you can spend less time sanding, shaping, and balancing, and more time perfecting your own craft. To learn more about the new era of craftsmanship from D'Addario Woodwinds, visit didariocom woodwinds.